Welcome to the Commission Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Bryant, and every month I coach you to develop leaders like Jesus did by examining how he interacted with five groups of people, the lost, the crowds, the followers, the disciples, and the leaders. At Commission Leadership, it's our mission to provide connection and coaching for pastors. We help leaders like you take a biblical approach to leadership development so you can lead like Jesus, find more volunteers, and develop leaders from the crowd. So if you tuned in for our podcast relaunch and you've come back for more, I just want to say thank you. My name is Wes Bryant. I'm your host and the coach of Commission Leadership, and In the last episode, I gave an overview of this biblical framework that we utilize uh, amongst all of our members and in our different courses that we offer uh, in order to help you become a better leader, you know, someone who leads like Jesus, who's able to find lots of volunteers to partner with you in ministry, and ultimately, you know, develop leaders from the crowd just like we see Jesus doing in the Gospels. Over the next five episodes, I'm going to examine each of the five groups that Jesus interacts with within this framework. The lost, the crowd, the followers, the disciples, and the leaders. And specifically, I'm going to talk about the defining movement of these people within each group and hopefully help you pinpoint some areas in your ministry where you're doing well in terms of connecting with these people, as well as some areas where you can be better. However, before I do, I want us to step back from this framework and let's take a moment and talk about the work we do as pastors. I know from my experience as a sports pastor that it was very easy for me to find my identity in being a pastor. I think this is a challenge for most pastors, but to be honest, I think it's bigger than that. I really think that this is a challenge that most of us face just as part of living in our culture. As Americans, we find value in accomplishing great things. And I think that for many of us, we can easily find that in the work that we do. So as we walk through this framework, it's important to keep in mind one thing. This framework is about a way of living and leading. So while some things will fit neatly into what you do as part of your job as a pastor, it's really more about a way of interacting with people. When I talk about developing leaders from the crowd, Most of that is about your job as a pastor of your church, or even your responsibility as a volunteer within your church. Let's say, for example, you volunteer to oversee your church's food pantry, and you're part of a small church, and they don't have the budget to pay you, but you love doing this, and you give your time freely. Even though you are considered a volunteer, you likely have a lot of leadership responsibilities for this food pantry that require you to organize the program and develop other leaders who are serving with you. 
So when we're talking about developing leaders from the crowd, yes, a lot of what we do from our nine to five fits neatly into that because as the leader of our ministry, it's our responsibility to develop other leaders. But for the three other groups within this framework, the lost, the followers, and the disciples, some of that will involve interactions that you have in your daily nine to five responsibilities. However, a lot of it will involve relationships and interactions that don't neatly fall under your title as the pastor of your church or your particular ministry. So I'm gonna talk about that a little bit more today as we unpack this first group in the framework, the lost. Now, I say all of this as a preface because it's easy to forget that we are pastors because we have been gifted and called by God to a way of life. And people have affirmed this calling through the laying on of hands and in prayer, just as we read in the scriptures. But the fact that our church gives us a paycheck is a blessing that allows us to pursue this calling full time. So with that in mind, let's jump back in and explore this first group in the biblical framework for leadership development, the lost. Jesus tells us in Luke 19.10 that his mission on earth was to seek and save the lost. So if this is the starting place for discipleship for Jesus, it's important that we make it a key aspect of our lives as well as the ministry that we lead. Now, the defining characteristic of this group is that the lost are people who are far from Jesus. And this is why we see over and over in the Gospels that Jesus travels from town to town. He's intentionally putting himself in environments where people have not yet heard of him. The defining movement within this group, like the action that they take in response to Jesus, is that the lost get found. In other words, Jesus notices them. And for the first time in their lives, they understand that he is with them amidst all of their circumstances. One of the best examples of this, in my opinion, is Jesus's interaction with the woman at the well. If you're not familiar with the story, it occurs in John chapter 4, verses 1 through 42. And Jesus had been traveling with his 12 disciples, and they arrive at a well. They're probably tired and hungry, and so the disciples go out to get some food, and Jesus hangs back to get some rest. As he's resting, a woman comes up to get some water. And it's particularly interesting because she's coming, if I remember correctly, like in the middle of the day. Like it's it's not a normal time that people came to collect water. So it kind of tells us that she's a bit of a social outcast. And Jesus chooses to engage with her with a simple question. He says, would you get me a drink of water? And she's surprised by this. And she's like, you, you want me to give you a drink? And the story continues, and they, they have some dialogue. And uh, he, he reveals that 
like he knows her. You know, she has had multiple marriages. She's living in this place of shame. But Jesus sees her as a child of God. And he lets her know that, that he is the promised one, the Messiah. And so here is this lost woman who thinks that she's in need of water. And she actually finds living water. In Jesus, and she's so excited that she runs uh, into her community and she tells people, "You know, you're not going to believe this. Is this really the Messiah? Come, let me show you this man who knows all about me." And through her faith, many people in her community come to be saved. Now, I'll tell you, at the recording of this podcast, I find this story deeply meaningful because I'm currently at the National Children's and Youth Ministries Conference connecting with some amazing leaders, and I flew in from O'Hare International Airport yesterday, and if you've ever flown through there, it's pretty busy, but I will tell you, to fly through O'Hare on New Year's Day, to say it's overwhelming is... It's vastly an understatement. As each person within this crowd was focused on, I've got to get to my destination. And we're going through check-in and security, and it's just a lot of stress. And I'm sharing all this because by the end of it, I was exhausted. And I remember getting into my hotel And it's just the mental fatigue that comes with traveling. And so here Jesus is in this story. He's been traveling on foot. So I I can't imagine just the physical toll it's taking on his body. I wonder if sometimes Jesus had concerns about food or shelter. I think we, we like to picture Jesus as God, and so he never sinned, but... But yet as a human, surely he had concerns and worries. And um, so here he is after this long trip and he's resting and he notices this woman. Now, while this is a great story of a one-on-one interaction that Jesus has with a lost person, even when Jesus is in a crowd, which is the second group in this framework, He just has a way of noticing the lost where they are. I think two great examples of that are the woman who was healed from years of bleeding just by touching Jesus' cloak, right? Jesus is shoulder to shoulder with all of these people. And through her faith, he feels this power come through him and says, who touched me? And his disciples are laughing at him like, Jesus... What do you mean? Like everybody's touching you. You're in a crowd of people. He noticed this woman whose faith compelled her to reach out to him. Another great example is Zacchaeus, um, the man who was a tax collector. He was short. He's in this crowd of people, and he, he can't see Jesus. So he he's so desperate to see him, he climbs to the top of this tree And as Jesus is moving about, he looks up 
And he says, Zacchaeus, I must stay with you tonight. Right? He notices this man who desperately needed him. Now, unless you are a missionary who's been called to take the gospel to an unreached people group, you're probably not traveling from town to town and engaging with the lost quite like Jesus did, right? You're probably like me. You have a house and a steady job and honestly, a lot of routines that we do each and every day. So what does this framework look like in our culture and what role does it play in leadership development? A good place to start is by looking at what your church or ministry is offering as an outreach to the community, because these ministries are designed to meet the spiritual and physical needs of people who are not part of our churches on Sundays. For example, the food pantry that I mentioned earlier. However, I'm going to make a case in the next episode that most of the programming that we do within our churches, even if it's considered an outreach ministry, actually falls into the category of the crowd. So stay tuned for more on that. But as we lay the foundation of this framework uh, within this episode, I'm going to define an interaction with the lost as any ministry that you do that requires you and your people to leave your church campus and interact with people who don't attend your church or any church for that matter. So just as a few examples, maybe your church partners with another nonprofit in your community and you regularly spend time serving there, either as a part of your job or as a volunteer. Or maybe there's an aspect of your ministry that meets outside of your church building. So for example, if you're the discipleship pastor at your church and you're in charge of uh, leading your small groups, you might have some groups that choose to meet at a local restaurant or bar and intentionally build relationships with the staff and other regular customers. Or just as another example, maybe it's something that you do for fun. For me, I played in a local men's baseball league throughout my 20s. This wasn't something that was sponsored by my church. It was something I paid for out of my own pocket, and I did it because I loved to play baseball, and I just, I just wasn't ready to let it go. And I was grateful that I lived in a city that was big enough to have a recreational men's baseball program. It allowed me to continue doing what I love beyond my high school and college years. And it was an environment where I interacted with people who are far from Jesus. As you're listening, you're probably picturing your own ministry. In fact, I'm, I encourage you to do so. As you do, let's talk about why interacting with this group as a leader is so important and what role this framework has in the leadership development at your church. So first, This is important because as leaders, we must get out of our Christian bubbles. I don't remember the data, but there's statistics that show that the longer you're a Christian, the fewer friends you have 
who are not Christians. And while this is good in some ways because it provides fellowship and helps you grow in your faith, it's a little bit disheartening because most people in our churches are not interacting with the lost. And I think this is even more true for pastors. I have found that the job I had before I went into vocational ministry and the job that I have now provides me with a lot more opportunities to interact with people who are far from Christ. And it's really forced me out of some of my Christian bubbles, if you will. And so as a leader in your church, you have to intentionally create and find spaces where you can engage with people on their level. You're not known by them as the pastor. You're just a friend, a member of our community. The second reason why it's so important that we interact with this group as leaders is because if we're truly going to develop more leaders in the church, we need more people in our community coming to know and follow Jesus. So not only does leadership development start here, more importantly, discipleship starts here. The third reason we must interact with this group as leaders is because our churches are desperate for evangelists. Just in my experience and my interactions with other leaders, we we are very hesitant to share the gospel in our American culture. It's just really frowned upon to, to come off as preachy. You know, people don't like that. And, and yet the scriptures tell us that God has called evangelists for the equipping of the saints to help us to become more comfortable in sharing our faith and more in tune with when and how the spirit is working. And so as a leader, it's important that not only are you modeling a life that interacts with people who are far from Christ, but you need to find and develop evangelists in your church who will take the gospel to places that you can't go. So as you think about your own leadership, how are you doing when it comes to engaging with the lost? When it comes to leadership development, how are you doing at developing evangelists who will join you in this work of ministry? This is something that we talk about in our group leadership cohorts as part of our monthly membership program. And right now I'm offering a free one-time trial membership to all of our listeners. As I said before, you know, it's my desire to provide connection and coaching for pastors so you can develop leaders from the crowd and this is the primary way in which you know we're creating that space for you. So there's a link in the description you can click on if you're interested. And I'm going to end this episode by hopefully encouraging you to prayerfully and intentionally find ways to interact with the lost. What is one thing you can start doing in your life in order to position yourself in environments where the lost gather? Because the good news is that Jesus is alive and active in this world. And when we partner with him in his work, the lost get found. 
This is your first step in not only creating a culture of discipleship within your church, but also in developing leaders from the crowd. Thanks for listening today. Tune in next time as we explore the second group in our biblical framework for leadership development, the crowds. Thanks for listening to the Commission Leadership Podcast. If you're looking to connect with other pastoral leaders and find support to become a more Christ-like leader, I want to invite you to become one of our monthly members. Memberships start at just $10 a month, and not only do you get to be a part of a monthly group leadership cohort with 10 to 15 other pastors, you also get personal bi-monthly coaching sessions with me to break through your greatest challenges in leadership. Plus, other great features like free podcasts behind the scenes, our monthly leadership newsletter, and discounts on every course we offer. And during our series on this biblical leadership framework, I'm offering a free limited time trial membership to our listeners. Simply click the link in the description and let's make it our goal to develop as leaders together.